Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloane. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 138 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you very much. Today we have two Rampy and Crew patron members as the guests. We have Jordan and Olivia. Would you like to take a moment and introduce yourselves and tell us how you found Marissa Meyer? Hi. I guess I'll go first since I said hi first. <laughs> All right. So I discovered Marissa Meyer and the Lunar Chronicles. I think I was in middle school. Like, I think winter was just about to come out that year. And basically what happened is like, you know how when you're in school, you always have like the summer reading things and you have to like pick from a list of like scholastic books. I was very stubborn and I never did those. I was like, well, I'm in middle school. So this <laughs> where you're <laughs> So the teacher was basically like, no, you have to do this assignment. Like, I'm like, I'm going to fail you. So I was like, fine. So I looked at the list and I was like, this one with like the robot foot looks kind of cool. I guess I'll read it. And then the rest is history. I read it and I loved it. (laughs) And then I got back into it when I discovered this podcast kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, which was really fun to listen to because those first few episodes, listening to them in 2020, were really funny. <laughs> it was kind of morbidly hilarious to hear you guys be like, oh, my God, Letamosis, imagine if there was, like, a plague and, like, spread <laughs> right. around the whole world and they killed a bunch of people. That'd be so crazy if it, like, happened in real life. That's and I funny. was just sitting there and I was like, just you wait. <laughs> because because past Bethany and Becca and Ashley, we had no idea that that was going to happen. No, that was going to happen. I was like, just you wait. <laughs> looking back I hope we didn't say anything too stupid (laughs) yeah that's pretty much my journey Olivia do you want to tell us about your experience with Marissa um I think I read them in high school they were coming out when I was in high school I do remember that winter came out I think my junior or senior year I can't remember um and I read them and then I kind of forgot about them (laughs) (laughs) um until I think it was summer or not summer spring 2021 and I reread them after seeing a lot of Pinterest posts about it um and I was like oh yeah that series (laughs) and so I reread them and I was like oh my goodness this this book series is amazing um and then I read pretty much the rest of Marissa Meyer's books (laughs) and I love them all um so yeah. We all love them all, right? Yes. <laughs> I've only read the Leader Chronicles and like Oh you have a lot to look forward to. Oh, then. they're so good. I know. I kinda wanna read the rest of it, but part of me kinda wants to wait until the podcast like eventually gets there years from now to like read along. But if instead going of going to that, that, I would I would definitely go check out the other books while you wait. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, I've been kind of playing back and forth with the idea of if I should wait or not. <laughs> I mean, the the fun part is if you um, haven't read them before, then the podcast is like your first experience and it's like a, a book club kind of thing. So I definitely get that. I know there's there's lots of um, Patreon people that do that. We're not Patreon people, just listeners. Patreon yeah. people would probably suffer a lot if they did that. Um, <laughs> because the amount of spoilers we have on Patreon is ridiculous. 
time. So today we're going to talk about chapters 35 and 36, but first, what are you currently reading? I'm currently reading uh, The Black Stallion by Walter Farley. I kind of, um, me and a friend of mine went to like this used bookstore a little while ago and I ended up picking up like all of like kind of the classic horse books like Misty of Chinko Teague and like the Black Stallion and Black Beauty and all that. So I'm kind of working through all of those books and I'm on like the last chapter. I'm so close to being done. You have a very <laughs> equestrian lifestyle right now. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not currently reading anything. I just finished um, a couple of books. I just finished A Song of Achilles, which is heartbreaking, <laughs> and Circe, both by Madeline Miller. And then I just read Instant Karma for the first time. So Did you good. love it? I loved it. It was, <laughs> it was very good. Um, and then I just reread Gilded for like the third time <laughs> since it came so out. Much. Um, I do have two library books, but I have yet to start reading them. Uh, Red Queen and then Language of Thorns. So I'm excited to get into those two. I'm excited for you. Thanks. I, at the time of recording this, I'm doing a reread of the entire Ranger's Apprentice series. I started reading it um, many, 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 many years ago. And, you know, life got in the way and I never finished it. And one of my goals for this year was to finish all the series that I've started but never finished. And that was uh, top of the list. So I'm working my way through that. I'm on the, I want to say the seventh book. At the time that this episode comes out, I hope to have finished the series. <laughs> but I, I am moving soon and that's going to take up quite a bit of my time. So yeah, you never know. It might be longer than I thought. I, I got a lot of wonderful books at the North Texas Teen Book Festival, though, so I really want to buzz my way through what I have so that I can start reading all of those and I won't feel so guilty about my TPR pile. It's so long. It's so long. I hope it never ends. I, I'll be very sad if I run out of books, but I do sometimes feel guilty if I buy a brand new book and I read it, even though I have like books I've had on my shelf for like a year and I haven't read I, I feel bad for those books I think that I've hurt their feelings <laughs> and then I, I, I feel like I've hurt them of things that I've never read I would say <laughs> at least half more. of my books I have not read yet but you know you just keep going to the bookstores and you're like eh, just one more won't hurt exactly and like <laughs> yeah. North Texas Teen Book Festival I actually didn't buy any books they were all um advanced reader copies that I got so Ooh, nice so that was uh I, my whole thing was like all right we're about to move I'm not gonna buy any books Marissa's not there so I don't need to buy any books I'll just go and have fun <laughs> and all these authors and hang out with my friends and they had tons of advanced reader copies that different authors were handing out a couple authors were just like hiding in the crowd and you had to like go find them if you wanted a copy so that's fun right that's kind of cool it's like a scavenger hunt yeah, so I was definitely, like, happy to get my free books, but um, now they're just on the list of what needs to be read, and I have my books on my shelf are organized by, like, genre and category, so I got home with my huge box and was trying to figure out, like, where I was going to put everything, and then I was like, it doesn't matter because it's all going into boxes in, like, two weeks when the moving company gets here, so... 
I might as well just keep it <laughs> in the box instead of unpacking it and trying to rearrange my whole shelf and figure it out. Like I'll just do that when yeah. we move. So You're gonna have fair. to rearrange it all at the new place anyway. So exactly, having and we don't been, even know where we're living yet. So having moved a lot with the military, I understand <laughs> absolutely. And you know, you'd think it would get easier after it doesn't <laughs> eleven years, but um, it really doesn't. Like right now, we're dealing with. Uh, no one returning our phone calls. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, but if you want what? us to rent your house, you have to return our phone calls. Yep. <laughs> so listen, I'm a famous podcaster, okay? I should be at the top of your list. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be like, who are you and what's a podcast? Um <laughs> so this week we are going to talk about oh, first we have fan art. We have some really cool fan art, actually. The first one is, you guys, these Instagram names, I can't sometimes. I'm just going <laughs> to I don't know them. how you do it. <laughs> I'm just going to spell it. M-E-N-A-G-U-T-L-U-T-Z. It's winter, and uh, what I'm guessing is like a ghost, ethereal version of Ryu, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful and sparkly, and I love it. I just it's zoomed beautiful. in now, and I thought it was like a part of her dress at first. That's really um, cool. Yeah, I guess I guess it does kind of look like that at first glance. Yeah. No, I think it's Ryu and I think it's um oh, I just love it. It's very sparkly too. It's very sparkly. Oh, and the walls are bleeding. I just noticed that too. Yeah, the blood in the palace. Maybe Ryu is like a hallucination too. <laughs> always. Oh, always. <laughs> so then our second one again I'm going to spell is from M I S S E S C A R A underscore two. I desperately wanted to share this picture because this week's chapters are all about Cinder and her revolution. And I feel like this picture of her standing tall with her shoulders back um, and this determined look on her face and the moon in the background, I feel like that's her ready to take on her revolution. It reminds me a lot of like a like a Marvel poster. Like she looks like mm-hmm. she's yes, yeah. like style or a or a poster, poster from the Hunger Games movies. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely, it's definitely giving me like movie poster vibes. Yeah, and I'm super excited for the animated series movie thing that we're hopefully going to be getting soon. That makes me really happy. I'm so yes. excited. Cross your fingers that it's good. Yeah, I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be like a month from now. So I'm hoping that we'll have more information. But right now, all we know is who bought it. Yeah. And I desperately want more information, but I know Marissa can only tell us so much. So I'm like just constantly looking at her page like, did she post anything? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I'm so desperate to know. I just want to know if it's going to be one movie or multiple because if they try to cram the whole series into one movie, that's going to be really That's going to crash and burn. (laughs) I can't imagine that they would do that. And I'm honestly hoping for a series. If it's yes, animated, we don't have to worry about the actors outgrowing the age of the characters. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping for an animated series because then it'll just be longer. Also, the true. more content we get, the happier I'll be. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. So, um, big thank you to both those artists for letting me share their work. Uh, Patreon members got to vote on chapter titles, so chapter thirty three is. Message in a Bottle by Taylor Swift, and Chapter 34 is Werewolves of London by Warren Zavon. I'm actually really happy that that one, because there are so many 
Patreon members that are really young. I thought they'd be like, who the hell is this? Um, so pretty excited that uh, an old 80s punk rock song won. That makes me pretty happy. Honestly, I voted for that one just because the title. I was like, I don't oh, know. I know. <laughs> The title alone is is perfect. I was like, it's perfect. The title is exactly what it's supposed to be. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. Okay, so let's talk about Chapter 35. Last week, we left off with Pearl being captured by the wolf mutant soldiers and Scarlet and Winter reuniting with the Rampian crew. favorite chapter. I was so pumped when Scarlet came back. Those were like some of my favorite chapters. I love Scarlet. (laughs) Yeah, it was really great was getting so Scarlet funny. and Wolf back together after being apart for so long. We actually, during the episode, we were talking about how they've actually been apart longer than they were together before she got kidnapped. Which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so like 75% of their relationship has been uh, her being captured and them not even having communication between the two of them. Yeah. That's a great foundation to build a relationship <laughs> on. <laughs> hey, when it's love. So this week we're in Thorne's perspective. These are some very interesting chapters. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a lot of logistics, a lot of logistics. But basically what happens in the first half of this chapter, because we have two POVs and the first half, Thorne, Iko and Wolf invade a guardhouse. They take over the guardhouse so that they can post cinder's video which they have cress's cylinder to to use to use the transmitter for and um thorn puts on a guard's uniform so that he can stand watch that's basically all that happens in the first half i love that Iko like asked him if he needs help i know i was i was like oh ha i thought it was funny and then the other half of my brain was like no that's kind of inappropriate Iko. <laughs> Like, if it were a boy trying to undress a girl, there would be some issues. And I'm very big on, like, it's still kind of of inappropriate, even if you're a girl robot. Like, you don't have consent. It's (laughs) kind of creepy. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm just just trying to help. It's totally innocent. I do love her saluting (laughs) Thorne. I love that Uh she takes his captain role so seriously. So good. Yeah. Cress also did brilliant. She made everything super easy for them to upload onto the video transmitter. Basically, Ico just has to plug it in and it's ready to go. And it it reminds me of how invaluable it Cress is to their revolution mm-hmm. because without her, they couldn't mm-hmm. do anything. If mm-hmm. without her in this video, where would their revolution be? Yeah. Yeah, right. They'd still be hiding in the little crappy house. Yeah, not knowing what to do next. What do you do now? I wish I had a person like Crest to help me. I'm very bad with technology, so I can't <laughs> imagine being in Ico shoes. <laughs> and like, I feel I'm like actually I would really be lucky. My um, yeah. my husband is a computer programmer, so um, it, you know, usually if it's if it's terrible and I can't figure it out, I've got help for the most part. Uh, there are definitely plenty of times where I'm like, "How do I do this?" And he's like, "I don't know." Uh, especially if it's like word or excel and i'm trying to do something like really sophisticated with the program and he's like look i don't use that stuff Mm -hmm. i don't know how to use any computers ever i'm very i don't know why technology just hates me i'm like notorious for having computers just ruin my life 
I recommend going into a career field that does not use computers. Yeah, that's definitely. I wouldn't go into like IT support, for example. If I had that job, I'd end up accidentally like figuring out a way to like leak some freaking government files and like getting arrested. You or just something. become like this amazing <laughs> hacker by accident. By accident. <laughs> I don't know. I just press the button. Change, change your name to Cress. It'll be like your street name. Yes. <laughs> you know how like hackers have secret identity names and they, they go by their secret identity? That could be your identity my, number. My and only STLC name. people would understand the reference. Everybody else right? would be like, what? Exactly. That's why it would be sneaky. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then we find out that some like top secret agent for the Pentagon is like a huge Lunar Chronicles fan. So she like already, she's like, Cress, I know what that girl is. Like, <laughs> oh no, my cover's been blown. Oh no. By a, by a book person. <laughs> <laughs> Fellow bookworm. By a bookstagrammer or something. <laughs> so that's pretty much all that happens in the first half of this chapter. The second half of this chapter is where we get the big stuff. So the second half is Cinder's perspective and it's her coming out to Luna and saying, what's up? I'm Princess Celine and I'm ready to take over and you guys should be my army. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) I really love her speech. I was trying to like summarize her speech because I'm not going to write the whole thing in my notes. Um, And I wrote, she is the true queen. Their queen is evil and yucky. Cinder is badass and will be a way better queen. So they should all join Cinder and be badasses together and overthrow Lavana. And then like, I, I looked back at the speech and I was like, yeah, I actually did a pretty good job. Yeah, that's pretty that. good. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read the chapter. Notes <laughs> it's basically like Lavana sucks, but I don't vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like this weird prom campaign where they like trash each other's uh reputations and mess up the posters in the hallway. Right. Drawing mustache and evil horns and stuff. She would be livid. <laughs> she would be, yeah, so livid. She would deserve it. She would hate that more than trying to be overthrown. Be oh yeah, she'd be more upset pretty. that someone tried to ruin her uh appearance. physical appearance than anything else. <laughs> that would be what really killed her. Mm-hmm. so there's some things again these chapters are filled with a lot of logistics so there's not much like scene by scene to talk about but there is some stuff i want to uh discuss from this chapter first i love the winter snow white callbacks mm-hmm. winter is at maha's house and because she's a guest at maha's house and she feels very um guilty for the privilege of growing up at the palace and always having plenty of food and not knowing how bad the outer sectors were suffering so she is cooking and cleaning and doing repairs around the house and fixing stuff up and um she's doing it while whistling <laughs> so it's very much whistle while you work i i did almost pick that as a song chapter Aww. um but I, I was like, it only really covers this like third of a paragraph of the whole series, yeah, the whole chapter. So, um, it's like this one throwaway sentence. But <laughs> I do love that this callback to like the Disney Snow White where she's running around cleaning and it's whistling while you work. Mm-hmm. I didn't even make that connection, to be honest, until I read your notes. And I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> no, I was just imagining like, um, like, I know some people like 
have like an anxious habit of cleaning. That's more what That's I was me. picturing of like mm-hmm. when you're like freaking out and you're like, hey, let me just dust and clean and do this and do that. So that way yeah. I don't have to think about the fact that the world is falling apart. That's 1000% my entire personality. The busier I am, the less uh, focused I am on everything that's falling apart in my life. Uh, and and it's, it's honestly, it's a coping mechanism because a lot of people are the opposite. Like, <clears throat> they want nothing. They don't want anything. They're, they're like, you know what, the world sucks. So I'm just gonna like stay in bed and eat Oreos, which is also fine. I definitely yeah. condone that behavior. I'm on I'm on that end of the spectrum. <laughs> That's yeah, my sister Samantha is like that. She's uh, uh she's been struggling to uh, sort of go back to our responsibilities and stuff in life and I'm kind mm-hmm. of trying to distract mm-hmm. myself with responsibilities in life so we're having the exact opposite uh reactions to everything. Yeah. I yeah. kind of wish I could be like her and she kind of wishes she could be like me. So you know it just depends on the the, the person. Grass I is think. always greener. Oh side. yeah, you all you always think everybody else has the smarter ideas, but you just you know you got to do what works um, for you personally. Uh, I definitely agree with her Oreo choices because I'm now obsessed with mini Oreos, um, <laughs> and I am not ashamed of how many bags I've finished all by myself. Mini Oreos are so they're so oh my God. good. I love and they're so things. addicting because they're so little. So you're like, I can have as much of these as yeah, I want. Exactly. And next thing you know, the whole bag is gone, and it's like, did I do that? I ate that whole bag. You know what? It's fine. It's not, they're so. tiny, so like the whole bag is basically one regular Oreo, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I have the support of my friends to help me feel better about my Oreo Always. addiction. Little, little foods are a great choice in snack. <laughs> I think this, I think Winter would actually really love little foods because I think she would I think she'd think it was adorable. You know how she's constantly mm-hmm. like, you miniature friend. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she would be like, These miniature Oreos and it's like they're, they're so called tiny. minis. Miniature. They're miniature. Like, <laughs> they're like little bite sized friends. <laughs> they're like bite sized friends. Uh, they are. They are like little bite sized. They do make you happy. So exactly. I mean yeah. <laughs> so, um, winter singing aside, <laughs> Cinder um, has a few moments here while she's waiting for the video to upload where she says that in her, her inner monologue talks about like how she wants to judge winter for not using her gift, but she mm-hmm. can also see that it takes a great deal of intelligence and strength to not use that gift. Um, And so I'm wondering what you guys think about this concept of, do you have to use the gift if you have it or do you suffer without it? Hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that's a huge point of like the series in general. And I really like that you have that kind of perspective from winter. Cinder definitely took it a lot better than Scarlet did. Yeah. Why don't you just use it? You're crazy. And Cinder's like, you know what? I kind of get it. But, but I feel like her also has only had the gift for a few months and she's already like, oh, I, I can't imagine a life without the gift. And it's like, to me, it's like, that's weird because most of your life you haven't had the gift. You've had it for like three yeah. months. Yeah. Well, well I, I think, think it's that just like shows. anything. Yeah. If you- it shows that like the power can be kind of addicting. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Like I feel power- like the general can be kind of addicting. 
like winter saw firsthand how the power can like she lived in the royal palace and i don't think anyone's more addicted to the lunar gift than them yeah yeah like she started at a young age and she saw it and was like okay this is bad whereas cinder i feel like got that little taste and was like oh oh (laughs) like this is useful (laughs) i think also cinder throughout her whole life felt very powerless she felt mm-hmm. like she didn't have control over her her life or her emotions or her decisions, what she wore, what she did every day, what she ate, what she how she was allowed to spend her money, what she did for work. So I think the very concept of having any kind of power over your life in any kind of way is very appealing subconsciously to Cinder. So I think that's part of why she she sort of attached to that gift so quickly. Oh yeah, um, definitely. For- you see that especially like in the earlier chapter where Cinder tricked um like her stepmom into giving her the invitations. I feel like what you were just explaining, I feel like that chapter like shows it really, really well. Absolutely. And I, I don't judge Cinder for it. I'm not like holding it against her or anything, but I do think it's part of why she attached to it so quickly because she didn't have this gift for most of her life. She wasn't able to use it. She wasn't aware that she had it. So I I think part of the reason it was so easy for her to start using it was because it gave her a sense of power that she'd up until that point never, never had because it was, it was something that was taken away from her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happens in the next half of this chapter, the video footage goes up and it's Cinder giving this big, long, beautiful speech about how she's awesome and Lavana sucks. And everyone should follow her, and she should be their queen. Um, the speech is, it actually, it's a very good speech. It's very um, well written. And we find out in the next chapter, Kai wrote it, which I think makes perfect sense. Because I remember the very first time I read this book, I was like, Cinder wrote that? Like, yeah. no shade against Cinder. Yeah. I'm just like, impressed that she could come up with that kind of political jargon so quickly. But um, then, you know, in the next chapter, it's revealed that Kai wrote it. And I'm like, that makes sense. I also just really love that he wrote it for her. <laughs> no, I love the idea of her trying to write it and him being like, baby, I got you. Like, <laughs> He's like, don't worry about it. I got it. Me too, girl. probably was really just, Levana sucks, vote for me. And Kai was like, let's neaten this up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have a couple ideas. I do this for a living. So if you don't right. mind, just let me, I just want to take a look really fast. Um, He's like, let me just but, tweak uh, a couple things. Yeah, like maybe we could change uh, the word bitch to tyrant. <laughs> that that work. We'll go with tyrant. Maybe we could change evil to wrongdoer. Um, maybe instead of mindless zombies, let's say slaves. She turned them into slaves. Like, I think he probably was just like, you know, I'm just going to change a couple of words. And Sandra was like, if you like it so much, you write it. And he's like, oh, yeah. God, give me the paper. I do love the idea of that scene. I wish if someone wants to write the fan art, the fan art, if someone wants to write the fan fiction of Cinder trying to write this speech and Kai coming in and taking over because Cinder cannot write this speech, um, I would very much like to read it. <laughs> oh, same. And send it to our Discord so we can all read it. Yes. If you write that, I will do an episode on it. Write that, send it to me, and you and I will do an episode on it. 
That is how much I want that scene. Thirty-four and a half. All the writers on Discord on Patreon are just like, "Where's my pencil?" <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your chapter titles for this one. Should I go first again? Yeah, go for sure. it. Okay, the title that I chose was my shot from Hamilton. Because I feel like that song is very much very like, oh, King George sucks. Here's what I'm going to do about it. Whereas like in Cinder's speech is very like, Levana sucks. And here's what I'm going to do about it. And I feel like Absolutely. they kind of like my shot. I feel like the whole song kind of sounds a little bit like Cinder's speech in a way. Absolutely. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um. I have two, actually, also from musicals. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my the first one is uh, Paris slash Look Down from Les Mis. Um, just because there's like a couple parts talking about um, revolution. Um, let's see, where does it go? Um, it says like... Um, now we've got another king who's no better than the last. This is the land that I fought for liberty. Now when we fight, we fight for bread. Um, here's the thing about equality. Everyone's equal when they're dead. <laughs> um, and just like talking about a revolution is coming, basically. Um, and then the other one is the world will know from Newsies. <laughs> um, just how like they're going to change um the world with what they're doing basically and they're gonna make Lavana or whoever listen to them now so those are my two I love both of those because also <laughs> I chose a revolution song as well um anyone who's my age is like oh Bethany went back to her emo side I did I chose welcome to the black parade by my chemical romance one of my favorite bands one of my favorite songs it's literally like we're gonna take over the world and I love it it's such a good song but it's all about like growing up and realizing that you need to be the savior of the world that you need to be the one that defeats the the demons and the non-believers and um you need to join them, lead you. You need to lead them and uh, join the Black Parade. And some of my absolute favorite lines are, um, we'll carry on. And though you're dead and gone, believe me, your memory will carry on. So I think that that's a good kind of nod to everyone who's died at the hands of the Artemisia powers. Mm-hmm. Um, a world that sends you reeling from decimated dreams, your misery and hate will kill us all. So paint it black and take it back. Let's shout it loud and clear. Defiant to the end, we hear the call. I especially love that because during this chapter, Cinder says that they would either hear her call or they wouldn't. So I love the actual line, we hear the call. Um, And then it's just all about like marching forward um, and going into battle together. Um, And I love the line, I'm just a man, I'm not a hero, just a boy who had to sing the song. Just a man, I'm not a hero, will carry on. And that's Cinder. She well, not a man, right? But <laughs> Cinder, she's just a girl not knowing that she's supposed to be the hero of these these broken people. And so she's coming, she's coming to their aid, and they have to either hear her call or they won't. Mm-hmm. So Patreon members will get to vote for which chapter title they like best. What about our chapter quotes? The quote that I chose was um, one of the chunks of 
Cinder speech. Well, not Chunk. I picked the part where she said, Lana, Lavana has enslaved you. She takes your sons and turns them into monsters. She takes your shell infants and slaughters them. She lets you go hungry while the people in Artemisia gorge themselves on rich foods and delicacies. And I feel like that quote is a very, like, out of the whole speech, I feel like that quote is very good of, like, summoning up the problems in a quick way of being like, listen, this is all the bad stuff Lavana does, but guess what? Like her slackies are up in this palace, you know, kicking it and living their best lives. And you're out here covered in dust. Literally. It's also a good reminder to the people of like, not just that Lavana, not just that Lavana <laughs> is bad, but like this is why she's bad. She takes your sons and she makes them murderers. She kills your children. She lets you starve. Like let me let me itemize and line up the things that she does wrong because it's not just that she's an evil tyrant. Let's explain why. Yeah, and mm-hmm. especially with like people who are so used to that propaganda, like uh-huh. they might not think of this because they're so used to living their life. But like hearing it must be like, huh? Like I guess, I guess she did kind of take my kids. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like Cinder's taking them and shaking them. Like, hey, listen. <laughs> like, you have been, like, gaslit. Let me explain this to you. Yeah. You're in a toxic relationship with your Oh, queen. yeah, definition yeah. of a toxic relationship. <laughs> Olivia, what was your quote? Uh, my quote's on page uh, 315, also from Cinder's whole speech. Um, it's the, but if we join together, we can be invincible. They can't control us all. Um, I just love how powerful that is. Like, hey, like, if we all go against Lavana, she can't stop us. Like, she's got a limit to her abilities, her power. Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. can take over. Strength in numbers. Yeah, numbers, strength in numbers. Exactly. Yep. Mine was also from the speech. Uh, I like to think Kai specifically wrote this line. I like to think that Cinder's original speech was like, thanks, bro. And (laughs) Kai wrote this instead. Help me fight for me. And I will be the first ruler in the history of Luna who will also fight for you. That that could be a poster right there. Fight for me and I'll fight for you. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Good job, Kai. Snaps for Kai. Yes. These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. So chapter 36, we're still in Cinder's point of view, and it's revealed that Kai wrote most of the speech. And I really want to know what part she supposedly wrote. She's like, well, Kai wrote most of it. And it's like, did he write all of it? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he edited it for me. He's I don't want people to think that I'm, like, taking credit away from Cinder and that, like, I'm, you know buying into the patriarchal society that her boyfriend had to write her speech for her. It's not that her boyfriend had to write the speech for her. It's that her boyfriend is a politician and she's not, and he's a ruler and she's not. So it's not really like she needs her boyfriend to write it for her. It's she needs a a leader to write it for her, a diplomat, which she is not. So I don't want people to listen and be like, damn, Bethany's like anti-feminist. I'm really not. It's mostly that like, 
Cinder is a mechanic, as she constantly <laughs> likes to remind us. And so this is not her yep. area of expertise. She's she never can't written a speech before. <laughs> I couldn't write that speech. Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, we all have our limitations. We all have things that we're skilled at and things that we're not skilled at. We were just talking about like uh, technology literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not my strong point by any means. But but if you need your library organized to the detail by any minuscule, tiny little amount, I will do it for you. I can do it by publisher. I can do it by size, shape, color, book content, first names of the characters. I got you. Do you need me to program an app for your phone? I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) So Cinder, she can fix your car. She can fix your Android. She can fix your laptop. Writing a diplomatic speech that starts a revolution and gets thousands of people to follow Mm -hmm. her blindly into battle while they're most likely die. Maybe that's not her strong suit. She can fix that laptop, but she can't write a speech on it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I seriously, I want the fan fiction of her trying to write this speech. I want um, it. Because so <laughs> yep, also, you know that like Thorn and them are there, so Thorn is just like sitting in the back, like listening to her, and like oh, you know it. Once in a while, she's out loud. And he's like, ha! and she's like, do you have something to say? And he was like, nope. Like a flood. He's like, that speech is so amazing. <laughs> so the mind everybody is uh i don't know what i'm doing um okay so <laughs> it also was brought to my attention my sisters obviously have been with my husband and i for the last few weeks and it's brought to my attention that i constantly say um okay mm-hmm. it's apparently my catchphrase i never noticed it but now every time i say it i'm like damn it <laughs> so in this in this chapter we see the reaction of the Lunars getting this message from Cinder, and we see how how they respond and how Cinder responds to their reactions. I think it's a very accurate response. It seems like everybody's kind of quiet at first, mm-hmm. and then chaos ensues. And so it's again, it reminds me of the Hunger Games. The guards come in, they try to take over and remind people like there's a curfew. Levana's still in charge. I don't care what that video said. You're a minor. I am a guard. Get going. And uh, some people are, you know, going with it because like we talked, like both of you mentioned, they don't know any better. They've been gaslit and propaganda their whole lives into following orders. And some people are like, hey, wait a minute. That little girl said that we don't have to listen to you. And I don't want to. Yeah. Um, and uh it's kind. Of, I love the back and forth between the the old man that stands up. There are several people that are trying to fight back against the guards, and they even try to hurt the guards. And this one old man is like, "Hey, y'all are stupid. Lavana is going to come in here and murder all of you. And if she doesn't, her thaumaturges will do it for her." And they're like, "Well, we'll fight back." And he's like, "Well, that's cute, but you'll still die." So. Uh, but mm-hmm. I just I love the back and forth between him and Maha. Maha basically um, assigns herself to be Cinder's champion, and she stands in front of Cinder and defends her repeatedly and constantly. Reminds all of these, all of her fellow uh, lunars, all of her uh, fellow paid. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Citizens, fellow lunars. We got Verizon five G home internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll. 
from a gas station. Ugh. Or when you bought that used sports car. <laughs> what about when we got Billy that drum set? The point is, Verizon 5G home internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts. Nurse. Compadres. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. All of the other people, (laughs) all of the other minors, her, her fellow sufferers, she reminds them what it could be like if they didn't have to suffer. Um, and I just, I love so much that Maha has completely become Cinder's champion, basically because Cinder brought Zayeth home to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like how, like Maha brings up a good point when she says like, oh, she took my son for me. Like, I feel like one of the big things about things like this is like, yeah, you might die, but if we're being honest, do you really have that much to live for in this society in the first place? Yeah, like, it's like yeah. how much fun are you having being alive right now? <laughs> You're alive. It's like you don't have a life. You're alive, but you don't do anything aside from work and then mm-hmm. get poisoned by this dust and then go home and listen to how great Queen Levana is. Yeah, like it's not really a life worth living <laughs> or fighting and, in protection and for. or fighting for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's one of the one of the big takeaways because something that cinder said in her speech was she took your kids from you i'm not going to do that mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the reasons that she, maha is so bolstered by her because maha never thought she would see her sons again and she she won't see ran again and that is sad i mean ran was really messed up but it is sad that she won't get to see her son she did get one of her sons back and that's thanks to cinder yeah because yeah. cinder was gonna well actually thanks to cinder and scarlet because cinder was gonna kill him <laughs> I always forget about that. <laughs> no, he was my alpha. What's an alpha? It means that we have to rescue him too. Uh, yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, so it's thanks to Scarlet because Cinder was definitely not about to take him aboard the ship in Paris until Scarlet made her. Scarlet's yeah. the MVP. Scarlet's yes. the MVP. Always fighting now, for her, man. And now Cinder's out here protecting Lunar Guards too. So, you know, character development. Yeah, I think that that a big part of that is because of the lunar woman that she met in Farafra. Mm -hmm. I I think think so too. Meeting meeting that woman, finding out that her son would rather die than become a guard, finding out from Jason that Mm -hmm. being a guard is not a choice. Mm -hmm. I think learning that she she figured out that the guards are victims too and she doesn't want them to because maybe they're like Jason and they wanted to be doctors yeah yeah but they didn't get a choice in the matter he's just too hot to be a doctor yeah that pretty (laughs) face you can't waste that behind a lab coat and a surgical mask right exactly exactly you're too sexy to be you know doing surgery developing yeah if you're gonna do it you gotta be on Grey's Anatomy at least exactly (laughs) they're all about attractive doctors saving lives like that could be you Jason (laughs) you could be the the new it boy I swear every season they have some dude come on there and everyone spends like the first 13 episodes like man this guy is so hot I'm like I get it is he good at anything else (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine you're like waiting for a surgery, or a doctor comes in, and he's like, "Here's my, uh, here's my modeling portfolio," and you're like, "Yeah, but like, am I gonna die?" 
Like, yeah, but can you actually do this? Right? That's like, you won't die. I gave you my modeling portfolio. I mean, I'd rather see like your surgical portfolio. I don't really have one of those. I'm just a hot guy. (laughs) Maybe I'll wait. Yeah, but I'm here for like a kidney transplant. So we could focus on that. Yeah, like I feel like you need to be good at what you're doing. (laughs) I'm really glad for you and all of the good looks. Very, very happy for you. Um, But like, I could die. So. Yeah. Can we focus here, please? That's yeah. can we focus here. It's a good thing they're TV doctors and not real doctors, because, because, uh-huh. yeah. Right. I would be very scared for my life if one of my doctors came. Not that doctors can't be attractive, but like if that's their whole MO, like if that's their <laughs> main <home> qualification, <laughs> then I'm definitely concerned for my safety and the safety of others. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, speaking of concern for the safety of others. cinder is actually genuinely concerned about these guards but she also doesn't want the citizens to become murderers she she doesn't want them to become what they despise and so she very quickly steps in and says like look we're gonna take them hostage maybe they'll be useful to us aside from killing them but we're we're not going to be the monsters that that she is we're going to be better than that yeah, or it just creates a vicious cycle of cruelty. It does. It doesn't change anything. I agree. And it it doesn't um it if it, it might make them feel better for like a second, but mm-hmm. then they have to live with I murdered someone exactly. in cold blood. Yeah, um, exactly. And and I mean I've never murdered somebody, but I assume <laughs> that's not something you want on your conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the so. guards could be good allies on their side and like yeah. I feel like if these citizens just started murdering, then 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 they'd be like, well, you know, maybe Lavana isn't that bad because like she threatens to murder me, but at least she hasn't actually done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you don't want them like against you. You don't. Exactly. It, it, it comes back to that power that we talked about before. You don't. You don't want to give someone more power than they already have. And again, strength in numbers. Like get them on right. your side. <laughs> You need as many bodies as possible here. Right. Kind of the whole point. Yeah. Like part, oh. it's like it sounds a big part of the speech, guys. Let's just bring that back. Let's remember. I just want to remind you of what was said in my speech that my boyfriend wrote. I mean, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that this is a good chapter that we get to see. Like like you mentioned before, we get to see a lot of character development from Cinder, but also from the other Lunars. I love Maha in this chapter so mm-hmm. much. Her just like ready and willing to to take up cinder's call so fast and Mm -hmm. so supportive of cinder and then trying to get others on cinder's side as well um and she does probably the the best possible thing that you could do in this situation she bows to cinder Mm -hmm. and cinder does not like being bowed to but my point is that when she bows others take that lead and follow yeah and that's what really sparks the revolution. Mm-hmm. At least in this sector. My, Cinder has a moment where she talks about like, hey, um, other sectors are following through this too. And they're probably killing their guards because they don't have someone telling them not to. Yeah. Um, which I think yeah. is a very valid point. And definitely something she should be fearful of. Yeah, because she's she can't be in every single sector <laughs> right. controlling the situation yeah. a little bit. Right. And that's a difficulty, uh, too. That's, and she even says, like, maybe we can send runners to, to share our mm-hmm. message. 
but this mm-hmm. isn't the message I want to share. And yeah. um, again, that's a good point for her to to bring up. She doesn't want them to be like the Lunars, so she can't let them become that way just uh, based off of her. And she doesn't want to be the reason for that either. She doesn't want it to be like, well, you inspired us to murder. And it's like, that wasn't really my goal. Yeah. She's like, I don't yeah. want you to murder people. <laughs> There's also probably other sectors that are doing the opposite. Like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the chapter, we saw that most of the people were just kind of being quiet and going away. So there's probably other sectors where the guards won and they were like, you know, the video means nothing. Just go back to your day. And there's probably some people who are like, oh, whatever. It was probably just fake or like a test like that other person thought. No, oh, that's a fantastic yeah. point. There's going to be all in, in, in between in their responses. Because even in those sectors, let's say that there were several sectors where nobody, like, as a group rose up and did anything, there are still going to be, like, you know, two or three people or ten people or whatever that walked away from that video, and they were like, yeah, okay, the guards told me to go home, and I will, but I'm not going to forget that message. Yeah. They might They might still show up on Revolution Day. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it sound like it's a uh, some kind of weird Instagram party, like Revolution Day. Um, But that's basically what happens in uh, this chapter. What were your song titles for this one? Uh, My song title for this chapter was "We're Just Getting Started" by Big Time Rush. (laughs) I don't have a lot. Like my playlist is very like poppy happy music like I don't have a lot of Mm -hmm. music that's very deep or meaningful but I kind of liked this song for this chapter because even though the song itself is just about like a party or something stupid I feel like the lyrics themselves can still go with the situation like um like the first line is like right now it feels like it's the encore like we just lived through one more but we've just set foot in the door so like I kind of thought it thought of that as like Lavana probably thinks like oh yeah it's just a speech like it'll die down but it's like this is just the beginning and that's kind of what the song about it's like we're just getting started we're just getting started the best is yet to come and we're just getting started you, it feels like it's the last page but we're just warming up the stage I found the key unlocked the cage and yeah I feel like Lavana thinks that this is the end and that it's just a little stupid video and no one's gonna care but they're just getting started this is the very very beginning of the revolution and they don't even know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And also, I love Big Time Rush, so definitely no judgment for me about picking that song. Oh, yes. I <laughs> want to find a Big Time Rush song to work for these chapters. Oh, yeah. Forget <laughs> About You is like my all-time favorite and Worldwide. Worldwide is a classic. Worldwide, I need, I'm, but I'm saving it for like a Jason Winter chapter because oh I, I don't know which Jason Winter chapter, but I feel like it's going to fit their relationship really well. There's a song that I have and I want to use it for Winter Jason chapter and I don't know I like I never end up getting one. I literally cannot remember the song for the life of me. It's um You're Not Alone. That song is literally Jason and Winter to a T. Literally one of the lyrics in that song is I'll stay till it's over and I was like Winter having a hallucination. I'll I'll stay till it's Absolutely. over. Absolutely. You're not alone. I was like <laughs> literally them. <laughs> Olivia, what was your um, song choice for this one? Um, so mine is um, also from Les Mis. It's Do You Hear the People Sing? Um, I just love the lyrics. Like the, li- the lines say, um, do you hear the people sing? Sing a song of angry men. It is the music of the people who will not be slaves again. 
When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. And then, like, will you join our crusade? Will you be strong and stand with me? Like, is there a world you long to see or whatever? I just think it fits so well that, like, it's basically, like, come join our revolution. Like, we don't want to be slaves anymore. Or we can change the world, basically. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter which version for the song but in the movie i love that um it starts out quiet and with no um it's acapella there's no music and so like it's the slow build up to like just a few people singing and then everyone's singing and i kind of felt like that goes with the chapter like it's a couple people who are like okay i'm not gonna go home or whatever and then by the end, you have everyone kneeling to Cinder. So I, I thought that was Yeah, that's pretty perfect. Cool. Yeah. So I picked this Ana scene. It's an arms race by Fall Out Boy. Uh, <laughs> my emo heart was strong with this episode. Um, <laughs> great song. Love this song. I am an arms dealer fitting you with weapons in the form of words. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the only weapon that Cinder has at her disposal right now is is words of trying to convince them to take her side. Um, this ain't a scene. It's an arms race. I cut out the bad word in there. But <laughs> <laughs> this ain't a scene. It's an arms race. And I feel like that's kind of how it is for, with Cinder. It's like this isn't us making a scene. We're not overreacting. We're not throwing a temper tantrum. Like we are starting a revolution and we will we will take you down. Mm-hmm. This is not a phase. <laughs> it's not. No, this. Uh, I'm not throwing a teenage temper tantrum. I'm overthrowing your entire government. Mm-hmm. But I just love this song. And uh, like I said, my my emo heart was strong this week when I was picking songs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can just read the lyrics of these songs. Like it's so hard to just read them in a neutral. You know, way. it's difficult because I want to be like say the say. Like, I want to sing it, but that's not um, – first of all, nobody wants to listen to me scream Fall Out Boy at the top of my lungs. It's bad that my husband has to listen to it. Um, but second of all, like, if people don't know this song, they're not going to understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely difficult to just say the lyrics. I've gotten I've gotten used to no. it, but my brain is still like, that's not how the melody goes. Right? That yeah. one episode you picked um, – what was the song? It was – um. I want it that way. I was like, how can you oh, not? Like, I hear no, that's the just tough one. That's <laughs> words, I want it that way. And my body is involuntarily, voluntarily just like, tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes out. It's like that scene from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, love that show. I love that show. And I love that scene where they have the lineup singing oh, yeah. the song. And it never all says like, tell me why. So funny. That scene is so good. <laughs> It is. Everybody should go watch that scene. Yeah, every go, everyone go watch that watch show. It it's hilarious. It's beautiful. I, I've watched it twice in the last year, and I already want to do a rewatch. Oh, I watched like- it once, <laughs> just within this past month, and I'm already rewatching it. It's so good. So good. Anyways. Anyways. Um, <laughs> what were your quotes for this one? You can go first, because I lost okay. mine. <laughs> Uh, mine is on page two, uh, 322. Um, I think it's Maha. Yeah, it's Maha speaking. She says, um, will we cower in fear and ignore this one chance we have to make a better life for ourselves? Um, I just love that. She, 
she's standing like we were saying before she's standing up for cinder and trying to convince the other people in her sector like hey we should we should do something like are we gonna keep living our lives in fear and let Lavana and her guards kind of control us and make us slaves or are we gonna take a stand and try to change our lives like come on guys <laughs> it's a good one I have a feeling all of us picked revolution quotes. Not that there was much else in these chapters. Yeah, that's but... basically the all there was. To be. <laughs> there was a pretty good uh, winter quote in the last one. but. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jordan, did you find yours or do you want me to go? Uh, you can go. I might have been <laughs> sleep deprived and wrote down the wrong page number. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> um, so mine was the site before her was proof that her revolution had begun. Marissa is the queen of ending a chapter oh, on a hella yes. good line. In all of her books. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. And um, yeah, I just, it's chills reading mm-hmm. that after listening to her speech and her being able to convince her and Maha, because I'm not taking credit away from Maha. Cinder no. did barely anything. Um, <laughs> being able to convince the people that uh, her her message is one they should listen to and her 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 call is one they should heed and i i love that cinder feeling slightly insecure at the very beginning of of the first book when mm-hmm. dr erland was like you're a princess and she was like uh-huh, no i'm a mechanic mm-hmm. and now right. she's like standing here watching this revolution literally begin at her feet and i just love it character development at its finest <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and a princess and a princess <laughs> princess the mechanic princess yes. the mechanic yeah <laughs> <laughs> I did finally find my quote. I found it. It was just at like the very top of the page. So when I was skimming, I wasn't paying attention to it. It's not, I'm always looking in the middle. So I picked the quote from um, the woman who almost killed the guard when she said, I don't know if that girl was Princess Selene or not, but I do know she's right. This might be our only chance to stand together. And I, for one, refuse to be afraid of you anymore. It reminded me a lot of like, like what Maha was saying and stuff. And I feel like it's nice to see most of these people are on the same page, <laughs> which is yeah. good. That she was kind of like, like I like that she's a side character, and she kind of came up and was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna stand together, and I'm not gonna be afraid. It just showed that the speech worked. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's um, my favorite part of that quote is I don't know if she's Celine. She's yeah. acknowledging that they have literally no proof whatsoever. They just have this cyborg girl being like, I'm a princess. <laughs> Um, but she's also like, I also don't really care. I don't care if she's yeah, the princess. Like it doesn't really matter she, in the end. She's the fight for us, so why the hell not? It doesn't matter if she's actually the princess. I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, and that ties back into what we were talking about with the gift, because I like one of the main reasons this whole royalty stuff is going on is because they've said multiple times the rumors that like, oh, if you're not a Blackburn on the throne, then the gift will go away. So like if these yeah. people genuinely believe that. We were just talking about how hard it is at the idea of giving up your gift. And this woman's like, you know what? Take it because I just want someone else to be the queen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be a slave anymore. Like, I don't care. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a lot for a civilization to get to that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To get to that point of, 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 you know what? I, the suffering 
is so bad that I'll take whatever consequences you can give me, even if one of those consequences might be my own life. You have to be very desperate. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. So this week, there were two Easter eggs and the bonus word captain appeared once. Next time, we are going to cover chapters 37 and 38. Uh, Let me double check when this comes out. April. So this is coming out April 25th. Um, around the time that this episode comes out, I'm hoping to not take a hiatus, but it will also be at the exact same time that I'm moving. So I might, I'm trying to record a bunch of episodes right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Ladies, where can people find you on social media if they would like to do so? I have an Instagram. It's at Jorbib with an underscore at the end. Um, I, you know, I'm on this podcast, but I don't really talk about books in my life because I'm very, very picky and particular about my books. Um, <laughs> just pictures of my animals. So if you want to see some horses and some dogs and some cats and whatever else, then you can follow me on Instagram. Awesome. Um, my Instagram is private, um, but I do have um, an Etsy account. I, or Ooh. Etsy shop. I Ooh. make Weasley sweaters. And then I've been working on um, making Lunar Chronicles characters. Um, Are you the one who crochets the characters in the Discord? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Love those little guys. They're so stinking cute. If you, like, mass produce those, I would buy them. Oh, yeah. I'm working on it. (laughs) I am working on Crest right now. Yes, I love it. I love those. Um, And that Etsy shop is Olivia Zell Crochet. Um, and then, I don't know, I also have a lot of ship playlists on Spotify, if that's your thing, at just Olivia Harding. Um, I have all the Lunar Chronicles ones, and also Gilded and Renegades, so <laughs> if anyone's interested in that type of thing. Always interested in music. I love music. Yeah. Who doesn't? Some people don't, and I'm always like, what? Right? I can't <laughs> right? <laughs> like, we all have different music tastes, so I totally get that, but none at all. Right? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Movies. I don't really like movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you I not like movies? Say, like, <laughs> I will say I'm more, I'm more interested in books, so that that is a statement I've made before, but... Uh, it's not that I haven't seen movies. I just don't I don't necessarily keep up with it. So people are like, oh, yeah. this new movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, the last thing I saw in theaters was Beauty and the Beast. So <laughs> there are definitely been people though that who are like, I don't watch movies. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think that's a fib. I've watched movies. I watch right? TV. Yeah. I, uh, we just like, talked about how much I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate when if you're like, oh, what's your favorite movie? And they're like, I don't, I don't on movies. What's your favorite book? Uh, I don't I don't read. Oh, what's, that's what's the your worst. favorite? Like, oh, like what do you do to entertain it? yourself? What Literally, you, fun? <laughs> you just sit in silence in an empty room all day. There is only so many forms of media. What do you do to entertain yeah, yourself? Exactly. It's like the worst kind of people. <laughs> we have nothing in I, common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I for me, it's more like you know when you're trying to connect with someone. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also kind of frustrating when you're like, what do you like? And they're like, I don't like anything. And it's like, I don't know how to talk to you. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Like, I'm trying to bond. (laughs) I'm trying to find common ground. Give me something. 
anything, just something. Yeah. So, listeners, you can follow the podcast everywhere at Prince Kai Fan Pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It does help spread the word of the podcast. Uh, positive reviews also help it look like a good podcast. So, you know, if it has like one out of five stars, it's going to look like a bad podcast. But if it has five out of five stars, people are going to be like, that's a cool podcast. So, but thank you both so much for being here. I hope you had fun. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thanks. I'm really glad Jordan got uh, Jordan and I got to record because listeners don't know, but we tried to before um, and it didn't work and I was really bummed. So I'm glad that yeah, we were able I'm, to make it work this that time. Technology hating me happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We um, out. <laughs> listeners, thank you for uh, listening. And um, what do I say? Oh, keep reading, keep <laughs> listening, and until I didn't record for like a month, I have no idea how to do my job. Um, <laughs> keep reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. for you today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. The audio clips were from Rebecca Solaire's performance of Winter in Macmillan Audio Production. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guests were Olivia and Jordan. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening.